Father God, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are, Jesus. Lord, you are the, the one that makes beauty from ashes. We can't do that. Lord, you are the one that creates something out of nothing. Because in a world of nothing, you are the only something. Lord, you are who we worship. And tonight, God, we give you our attention. Tonight, Lord, I just want to be moved out of the way so that way you can make a move. And I need you and desire that you make a move in the hearts of all of us tonight, Lord. I don't just preach to these students, Lord. I'm preaching to myself, Lord. Help me be more like you, Jesus. Help these students be more like you, Jesus. And whatever you see fit to do in our lives, Lord, we give you the, and ask you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tonight, guys, we're continuing on with Philippians. Hey, I'm not even mad that we've been here for like four months. <laughs> not even mad. We're just starting chapter three tonight, and I'm not even mad. All right? Because we, the Lord's been using this uh, letter to the church in Philippi. Um, I hope to minister to you, but definitely to minister to me as well. And tonight, as you see, we're going we're gonna to continue doing that. But I want to ask you guys, who's ever heard your mom say, don't make me ask you that again? Hey, man, if you got breath in your lungs and you got a mama, then you've heard somebody say that, man. I've heard my mom say that about a million times. And look, she, about, about some certain things, she might be right, okay? But don't give me, let me, let me, let me lead you a, a place that sometimes, guys, that's not the answer. Sometimes there's things in our life that need to be repeated to us until it gets down into the depths of who we are. Even small things, such as cleaning your room, man. You, you do that and you repeat that process the next thing you know, it's just part of your day. It's just part of your life. But how much more, how much more important is it to repeat the things in Scripture that when the end game is eternity? How much more is that the case? Look, I... Uh, Tonight we're going to dig in, like I just said, to verse 1 of chapter 3 in Philippians. But before we do that, I want to, I want to continue with this thought. That the repetitive nature of some things can be annoying, and sometimes that annoying can be protecting. For example, I tried to get a video of this for, for an example, but it didn't play out like I wanted. My wife hates when I pick at my nails. <laughs> She hates when I pick at my nails, right? Rightfully so. It's annoying. It's kind of a bad habit of mine. But it's annoying, right? But, and it's repetitive. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Let's zone in. Hey, let's zone in. Let's zone in, okay? Let's zone in. But at the same time, there's another repetitive and semi-annoying thing in a tornado siren. But that tornado siren warns you and gives you a way out and gives you some form of protection, right? Who in here has seen Finding Nemo? I mean, everybody. If you haven't seen Finding Nemo, I'm going to just go ahead and apologize for your childhood. Um, it stinks, okay? It stinks. Finding Nemo. We'll talk to me about it afterwards, okay? I would love to hear that. But Finding Nemo, right? We've all seen Finding Nemo. Tune in. Okay, guys? We've all seen Finding Nemo. And you know that awesome blue fish by the name of Dory? Yeah, Dory is awesome, okay? But Dory has this issue, all right? 
She gets lost. She forgets things. <laughs> she forgets things. Listen, you know, the first scene that Dory and Marlon meet, Marlon, Nemo had just been taken, and Marlon's freaking out, and Dory sees this cute little clownfish, right? And she goes up to him, and she's like, Hey, bro, what's wrong? And Marlon's like, My son has been taken. A boat took him. And she says, Hey, I saw that boat. Follow me, and I'll take you to that boat. And he's like, thank you, thank you. I don't know who you are, but thank you. And they're running full, or running, but swimming full speed ahead. They're swimming full speed ahead. And, um, and as they're doing so, Dory starts kind of just nonchalantly just swimming around in the ocean. And she starts looking behind her, noticing this fish is weirdly following her. And she starts darting left and right, left and right. And she's wondering what's going on, right? She had forgotten what the mission was. The mission was to help Marlin, but she had forgotten what the mission was. And, and, and finally, man, finally, uh, Marlin gets up to her and she's like, I forgot what was going on. I forgot what we were doing. See, Dory reminds me a lot of myself and a lot of people that I know. She gets a mission, right? Starts off on it, forgets what she's doing, and then just goes back to normal life. Just swimming around in the sea. Going about your business, going to school, going to sports, going home, going to school, going to sports, going home. No concept of what the mission was. But the beauty of the story of Finding Nemo is that she overcomes this downfall of herself. Right? She, she, remember, she finds those goggles. And she, she's a fish that can read. All right, that's cool. And on the back of these goggles, she says, it says what? P. Sherman, 42. Nobody knows, remember that? Wally B. Way, Sydney. I thought everybody was going to in sync say it. All right, let's try it again. P. Sherman, 42, Wally B. Way, Sydney. Yes, she knows how to read. But the issue that she has still haunts her. The issue that she has, this inability to remain on mission, remain on task, still haunts her. So what does she do for the entirety, I mean, and I mean the entirety of the movie, so that way she remembers that she's got to stay on task. She can't forget. She repeats it. I mean, the whole movie, she's like, Peace Sherman 42, Wallaby Way Sydney. Peace Sherman 42, Wallaby Way Sydney. And Marlon is getting, he's driving Marlon up the waves, son. That wasn't funny, okay? Thought it was going to be funny, but it was not. She drives Marlon up the waves, right? She drives Marlon crazy, but she knows, she found out, what do I got to do to remain on focus? I need to repeat this to myself. I need to figure out what I'm going to do. We are so much like Dory. We hear from the Lord. He calls us into relationship with him. He, we profess our faith in him, and then two weeks later, we're just swimming around. Not knowing what we're doing. School, sports, home. School, sports, home. School, sports, home. We just forget the task at hand. We forget that we're supposed to be doing something. The Apostle Paul preaches on this to the church in Philippi, and I want to say the same thing to him, and that is this, repeat. Repeat the task. Repeat the walk. Repeat the scriptures until it's the only thing that you can think about. You see, when we preach ourselves, preach to ourselves by repeating what God has called us out of and into, we begin to stay on mission. We begin to stay in relationship. You see, repetition brings forth completion. Repetition brings forth completion. P. Sherman, 42, 
Wabiwe City. Where did they find themselves? At P. Sherman, 42. Wabiwe City. Repetition brings forth completion. See, tonight I want to preach to you the same message that Paul preached to the church in Philippi. Tonight our message is called, Listen, Partake, Give, Repeat. You see, how do we stay on mission? I believe the answer is to become obediently repetitive. Our scripture tonight comes from Philippians 3.1. It says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and it's safe for you. I want us to dig into the scriptures tonight. The scriptures are the divine word of God. What do they have to say to us tonight? I believe that Paul is telling the church in Philippi, Look, hear me out, guys. What you're going to hear me say, but you've heard me say before. But for me to tell you again, it's no trouble. It's no trouble to me. And it's absolutely and eternally safe for you. So let me repeat myself until you understand and you grasp it and you get it. I mirror that to you tonight. What I have to say is something you might have already heard me say before. But what I hope to do is that you leave here tonight repeating it to yourself. And you wake up in the morning and you say, no, 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 I'm going to listen. I'm going to partake. I'm going to give. And then when you go through that cycle, you guess what you're going to do? I'm going to listen some more. I'm going to partake. I'm going to give. And when you get through that, you say, hey, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I'm going to listen some more. I'm going to partake. I'm going to give. So our first point in this, 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 this is just th that. Listen. 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 James 1.19 says, Let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. What's, what's James saying? What's Paul saying? What's I'm saying? Stop speaking. Start listening. It's a nice way of saying shut up and open your ears. Be quiet. You see, we live in a world that's so full of noise. From the morning you wake up, your phone's beaming at you. You pull up at a gas station, you just want to get some gas, and the little television in the gas station starts talking to you, trying to tell you some new word. You're like, bro, I didn't want to learn a new definition. I just wanted some gas. And, and you, you go, and you got to go to the river. You go to go to the river, what do you grab? The speaker. You can't just go to the river and enjoy God's beauty. You got to have some kind of noise going. Our world is so full of noise. Our world is so full of noise. We hear constantly. But guys, we never listen. We're always hearing things, but we're never listening. There's a difference. There's a difference in the two. We get so used that we get so used to noise that we treat them all the same. May I suggest to you that if you start listening instead of just hearing, that you should start listening instead of just hearing that when you're here tonight, you're not just hearing me. You're not just having things going in your ears, but instead you're listening to me. There's a difference, and let me explain to you that difference. When we listen, we learn. When we listen, we learn. When we simply hear, we just respond. And I'm going to give you an example of how that works out. We've all been in this situation where we're having a conversation with somebody, and it's important to us. And they're looking at me, right? Like, like you're looking at me, but I can tell you're not listening to me. You're hearing me, but you're not listening to me. Instead, you're hearing and waiting to respond. So that way you can hear yourself talk. Because all we care about oftentimes is ourselves. 
and somebody's pouring out their heart to you in a bad situation, they need your help, and all you're doing is just hearing them. You're not listening to them. You see, we do the same thing to God. There's some of you here right now that are hearing me, but you're not listening to me. The Lord wants to talk to you tonight, but you don't want to listen. And I don't say that that's in a bad way to blame and put shame on yourself. You've been, like, controlled into doing this because there's so much noise around you. You just take everything as just more noise. But it's not that. The Word of God wants to speak to you, and we don't have enough understanding of that to listen. want to hear. You see, we've both been that person on both sides of the spectrum. But yet, we continue to do it to others and we continue to do it to God. You see, the first part of beneficial repetition is listening. And it's listening so that we may learn. You see, people have a lot to share. People that, that know, the, know the Lord and want to share with you, they have a lot to share. Now the question is, will you listen and learn? We get so confused about the things of God because we don't listen. We don't hear. I mean, we don't listen. We just hear. You see, there's so many people that live contrary to what the Bible tells them. They abuse grace. They say, because there's grace, I can just keep on sinning. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, friends. Paul said, does grace abound so that I may sin more? Certainly not. All right? People, people think they need to live a perfect life so that way God can love them. Okay? They live a works-based faith and the expectations they think God will love them more if they are perfect people. Do you think these people have never heard the true gospel proclaimed? Maybe some of them. But a lot of times these people are not listening. They're just hearing things. And then they interpret it and put it in their own little mind the way they want. Because they're not listening. They're not listening. You see, we're present, but we're not involved. The feed's coming through, but there's no reception. We hear, but we don't listen. Sometimes... I'll, I'll rattle myself right now. I'm not perfect. I don't play, expect to be perfect or portray to be perfect. Sometimes at night, I'm like a, about like 9 o'clock, I'm a zombie, right? I'm like zoned out, tired. And sometimes we're laying in bed and Darren's talking to me and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. And she'll go, are you listening to me? <laughs> hey, it's funny, but to me, that freaking hurts. That's convicting. And I have to say, nah, nah, I heard you, but I wasn't listening. As a matter of fact, I really couldn't process anything that you said. I know you were telling me something, but I, I wasn't listening to you. You see, guys, it's impossible to learn and grow in a relationship without listening. It's impossible to pursue deeper relationships without listening. You want to start this journey that we're talking about and following Christ? Well, start by listening. Secondly, partake. Partake. This is an interesting word, and I can't wait to explain it to you. Uh, Psalms 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That is a beautiful scripture. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the Almighty. You see, after we begin to listen and learn, we start to partake. But what does that mean? What does that mean? 
I want you guys to practice. Anyway, I want you guys to practice what we had just talked about in step one. I want you guys to practice listening. Okay? So hear me out. This is not over your head. You can totally grasp the concept that I'm about to share with you, okay? This is not over your head. So the coordination of this scripture gives us an understanding of what it means to partake. All right? So the scripture, still behind me? Yes. He who that dwells, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You see that word dwell. Tune in. I need you guys to listen, okay, because I want you to get this. He who dwells. The word dwell in Hebrew is a word called yeshab. And what that word means is to sit and meditate. And abide is the word loon. And the word loon literally means to lodge or pass the night. Now, now, since we know what these two words mean, let's see what the scripture says now. You see, a person, he who sits, meditates, and listens to God and the things of God comes to a place where they live in the things of God. They start partaking the things of God. That word abide means to live in, in the Hebrew. So a person that sits and meditates and listens to the things of God, to the word of God, they begin to live in the things of God. They begin to partake God. They pass time in the things of God. You see, the process of listening and partake is very biblical. In Hebrews chapter 5, I don't have it behind me, but just hear me out. It says this, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish from good Evil. Imagine if you walked into my office and you saw me drinking out of a bottle. And not like a, like a baby bottle, right? Like a, like a child's bottle. The first thing you would do, and I hope you would do, is call your mom, tell her to come pick you up, and never come back up here again. Because your youth pastor has lost his marbles, okay? And I would probably be out of a job because, because man, the, the, the identity of the thing that I'm showing doesn't match the level of maturity that I'm supposed to be displaying. Now, let's think spiritually. The author of Hebrews is saying, look, you guys, you've been under instruction for long enough that you should be eating meat, maturing, right? You should be maturing. But instead, you're walking around like a dang grown man drinking a bottle, being weird and creepy because you're not growing into things of the Lord. You're stagnant. You were drinking milk a year ago, and that was fine because you just became a Christian. But why now, since you've been hearing of the things of the Lord, five years later, you're still drinking milk? You're not growing. You're not listening. You're not partaking. Start the process over. Start the process over. You see, God wants us to mature, guys. He does. He wants us to partake in the things of Him. But how do we mature? We do this process that I'm talking about tonight. We listen, we partake, we give, we repeat. We listen, we partake, we give, we repeat. You see, Paul ends the scripture that I just read by saying those that are able to eat solid food are able to do that through constant practice. You see, guys, you know why? They repeated. 
They were able to mature and eat solid food because they were not content with drinking milk. They repeated the process. The same thing that Paul is asking you, the same thing that I'm asking you. Will you partake in the Lord and repeat the process He calls you to do? You see, those that partake are involved. Right? Those that partake are involved. If you've been listening and you're moving towards this next step of partaking, you're not content with just coming to church on Wednesday. You're not content with just coming up here and sitting down and like lollygagging around, looking around and everything. Instead, you're like, what can I do? Lord, what do I need to do to serve? What do I need to do to love you more? What do I need to do to make people feel loved? And I know we have a lot of people that are partaking in here because we have a loving ministry. But not all of us are. Not all of us are, but God calls all of us too. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Last, give. Give. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir one another up in good works, love and good works. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. You see, we listen and we learn. We become listeners and we begin to partake in the things of God. And once we partake, we become emboldened to give. We become emboldened to give. This is a simple way to end this message and I wanted to end it simply. Right? I'm not going to tell you any more Hebrew words. I'm not trying to confuse you. I wanted to tell you that Hebrew because the revelation of that scripture, 90, Psalms 91.1, when given in that context, is beautiful. Okay? But, let's end it simply. You see, guys, it's not up for me to lead everyone to Jesus. You know, I'm your youth pastor and I would love to be a bunch of other people's youth pastor. And maybe, maybe I can help lead them in the way to Christ. But it's not up to me to lead everybody to Jesus. It's not, man. See, you're given a task. Students, student leaders, interns, my wife, myself. We're given a task to listen to partake in the things of God and then give from within us in which, that which we've been given. We give to others that which we've been given. But how does this look? You see, when you love something, you can't help but talk about that thing. When you love something, you can't help but talk about that thing. When you've been partaking in something and, you, and, you, and it's been dwelling within you richly, guess what the next thing is? To teach and admonish others in the way of the Lord. So what am I telling you? You go to school and preach? Maybe you're a preacher, but that's not exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, how about you just love people? The person at school that is odd. Love on them. I'm not saying you guys got to go spend the night with each other, but love on them. We do a good job here at that. But here's not what it's all about. My wish is that I hear about the good that you do away from here. That's when the fruit of my teaching and the fruit of God's gospel blossoming out of you. When you do those things, you're not around me. You do those things when you're not around the church. See, how how do we give? We love on people, one. You see, we talk about it. We talk about church. We talk about the scriptures that we're reading, and we only do that if we're partaking in scriptures and reading them. How about we post a story on our Instagram of our actual Bible with notes and stuff in it, and show people that, hey, there's another way in life, 
And it's a way of life that gives you a fountain of life. And from this scripture that I'm posting, I'm receiving, I'm participating, I'm getting, and I want to share it with you because you deserve to hear that too. I want to give that to you because what I've been learning and listening and partaking in has given me so much that I can't keep it to myself. I can't keep it to myself. And if you're that person that might be I don't know if I can do all that, okay, we're not all at the give. But we can get listen. And we can move to protect, we can move to give. Maybe you're too comfortable leading somebody and talking about Jesus just yet. How about you invite them to church? Say, come. We can do some fun stuff at our church. Hype them up. Come. Be a part of what we're doing at church. You can do that. Tell them how accepting and loving we are. Get them involved here at church so they can start this process that we so desperately need to be in of listening, of partaking, of giving. You see, God, when the Word of God dwells in us richly, we are partaking in Him. And we teach others by our actions and by our words. See, you're teaching somebody something. You are. That's just the way people are. You're influencing somebody. But the question is, how are you influencing them? Are you influencing them to be more like Christ? Or are your actions and your words contrary to what Christ calls you to be? Again, not shame. The Bible calls it godly sorrow. It's called conviction. Okay? Not shame. It's not what I'm trying to do here. Is what I'm doing and how I'm acting beneficial? Is it leading people to or from God? So, as we close, I want to just say, repeat. You've been told to listen. You've been told to be quiet for a second. Stop just hearing things. Stop just comparing what you would hear and listen and learn from the Word of God to just normal noise around you and, and acknowledge it for what it is. Supernatural. Start listening. You've been told to partake. To dwell in Him and abide in Him. You've been give out of what God has given you. Now, I tell you, repeat. Do it all over again. See, we like to think that this, this life of Christianity is a, an endless ladder. And for, in, some, uh, in, in some ways it is. But this, it's different than that, guys. It's not one step here, one step here. and We're always constantly moving up, 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 up. We think the steps of relationship with God just constantly go up. But when we start doing these things that we're talking about here, listening, partaking, giving, and then we repeat those things, we start growing. We start growing in faith. Where when we, when we deal with things, man, it doesn't cause us so much strife that we're able to push through it because no, I have... I, I've got my mind focused on the mission regardless of what Joe Blow says about me, regardless of that. In fact, I'm not starting on the football team. Regardless of a few friends because of it, I'm mission focused because I've been repeating what God has called me to repeat. I've been repeating what God has called me to repeat. And we grow in holiness. You see, you wonder, wonder why. You've been dealing with the same struggles for five years. I deal with my struggles too, man. I deal with my struggles too.
We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hey, I'm going to be open with you guys. I struggle. But we've got to be progressing in holiness. And what that means is being more Christ-like. And when we repeat these steps, man, and we stay mission-focused, you would be so amazed to see the beauty that comes from the ashes of your life. Because you're growing in Christ. Because you're pursuing Jesus. You see, when the enemy comes at you, which he will, and tells you you don't need to do this anymore. Hey, you've been giving. You don't need to repeat the process anymore. <laughs> Who's going to teach you? Look how much theology you know. When the enemy comes at you and talks to you like that, I want you to make aware of what it is. It's the enemy. I heard a guy time that he only had one scripture to study for the rest of our life, John 3, 16. We would never get to the bottom of what that truly means because it's that deep. So there's never a point in our life where we can't learn more. And we learn by what? Listening. We've got to repeat these steps. So when the enemy's telling you that you don't need to repeat these things anymore, I want you to think back to that absolutely amazing Disney movie. Think of old Dory. And she just said, just keep swimming. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are, Jesus. Lord, as every head's bowed right now, I, I, I don't do uh, repeat after me and your saved type calls, but sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves, but most importantly, honest with you. And Lord, I just want an opportunity right now, if there's somebody in here that says, hey, you know what? This is me, man. I've been struggling for the same stuff for five years. And I realize, I realize I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I've not been listening. I've been hearing things, but I haven't been listening. And I just want to confess to you, God, that, that I want to start doing If that's you tonight, man, just, just slip your hand up. Nobody's going to be looking at you. You're just confessing to the Lord. I need to listen to you more, Jesus. I need to listen to you more, Jesus. Amen, amen. You put your hands down. You see, guys, the Lord honors, and you keep your heads bowed, the Lord honors when we are honest. You see, we get all stiff-necked and think, I don't want to do that. But he's just tapping on your heart. The, the revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You see, he don't say, Behold, I stand at the door and back up. I'm about to kick it in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door will dine with me. What that means is if you answer the call of God that hits on your heart, he will come into a place of relationship with you. And man, that is the first step of staying focused. Lord, we love you. We cherish you. Our all week in and week out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.